I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum! Astral Radio Z is a horror cult exploitation film podcast by filmmakers, critics, musicians, journalists, and fans for the film obsessed. Here is your host, Derek Terry. Welcome to another episode of Astro Radio Z. As always, I am your host, Derek Carey, and welcome to the second episode of our Howling Franchise episodes. I don't know. These middle episodes of these franchise episodes tend to be the rough ones. <laughs> Last year, the second episode nearly ended my Astro Radio Z career. It, it took over <laughs> eight months for me to get to the second episode of the Vice Academy <laughs> series. This year, I'm staying on track. I have a schedule. I forced everyone in one month. We were going to do the next three Howling movies, and here we are, Howling 4, 5, and 6. We're going to go through them tonight. We slug through these movies. I'm interested, to say the least, to see and hear the reactions of my panel. Tonight, who's my panel? It's the same group of people. They decided to come back. I didn't lose a single one of them, so that's a good sign. Glenn, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great. You don't sound great. What's going on with that voice, sir? Just a little sick at a trade show, picked up something. I guess I shouldn't have licked that Malaysian hooker. Yeah, I find that that's usually a bad idea. It usually happens after 1030 at night at every con. If, you, if you're still up and you're out, you know at some point the Malaysian hooker is going to get licked. So uh, you need to learn that lesson, Glenn. That's New York City for you. Yeah, you, what are you going to do? You have, you have to judge your cosplayers better, man. Yeah. <laughs> it is absolutely like you know which when, which ones are on the up and up and which ones might not be on the up and up. Scott Davis, can you tell us which ones are on the up and up? What is oh, oh do I don't have know. A, like oh, a criteria. I, oh, I never get laid. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus, come on, are you kidding me? There are very few few occasions I get to take my pants off for at this rate. Oh, this is one of this that, is one of that, them. That escalated this is one of them. <laughs> so there was something back in the back of my brain where I knew. You weren't wearing pants, but I wanted to imagine that you were on my show. But now the cat's out of the bag, so we're all we're all fucked. Have that have that image in your head, folks. Um, next to him, of course, is Mr. Andrew Shearer. I'm always excited to have this gent on, even though he is less than excited to be on my show about these horny werewolves. Mr. Andrew, how you doing? Hey, man, what's up? My sister-in-law is uh, Malaysian, and uh, happy uh, Black History Month. Oh, <laughs> Astro right. Radio Z on PC as always, and all the way from Baltimore, Maryland, Mr. Seth Fallen of CelluloidTerror.com is back with us to talk about some werewolves. But wait, were there werewolves? I don't know. I might have blinked. How you doing, Seth? Uh, I'm doing good, buddy. Excited to be well. I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, it's the second episode curse, folks. It's that middle slog. You know how most trilogies always have the best part in the middle? Well, you'll learn in Astro Radio Z history, the middle episode is the one that's the hardest. It's the hardest. 
Mr. Mark, the movie man, he's back. He's drinking some hard, hard liquor tonight. How you doing, sir? Good. I got my not your father's root beer here because uh, I'm hitting the hard stuff because I watched the Howling films. That's what I got to say about that. Uh, supposedly werewolf films. <laughs> In theory, yes. Quote, unquote, werewolf films. <laughs> quote, quote, unquote, werewolf films, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll definitely get into that as we finally start to talk about these. And last but not least, the wonderful Angelique Bone. How are you doing, miss? I'm wonderful. Glad to be back. <laughs> okay, so... Because the last Howling episode nearly broke you near the end of it, are are you staying sober this one? Or are you, are you having a beverage? Well, with us? I'm I'm trying to be classy, so I'm, I'm I've gone with some wine, <laughs> and so <Okay>. you know. <laughs> I didn't request that you be classy. This is well, Astro Radio Z. I'm trying to redeem myself. Okay. okay. Good, good, good. good. You know, and the funny thing is. Part six will be the one I'm sure we're actually going to gloat about, but <laughs> it'd be okay <laughs> to be broken on the first two. But uh, anyways, thank you for joining me. But before we get to the Howling episodes, I just wanted to talk about a couple movies real quick, real quick, real brief um, that I'd seen because I actually have gone to the theater a couple times this month. It's a it's a shocker for me. It's something that usually doesn't happen. But uh, there's a couple movies that I wanted to tell you about, dear listener of Astro Radio Z, that I think you should go out and see because it's very rare that I get to the theaters and I actually see something that I quite enjoy. And that would be uh, the Deadpool movie. If you haven't gone and seen it, you like the comics, you like uh, Astro Radio Z type movies. Deadpool is in there 100 percent. It's gory. It's snarky. It's nasty. It's really fucking funny the entire time i had an absolute blast with the movie go see it and i just saw with amanda last night we just saw the witch and i implore you as a horror fan and a fan of good cinema you need to go and spend money on the witch it was not only a wonderfully crafted horror film it was an amazing experience in a theater. It's hard to capture um, accurately in words the feeling you get when you watch something that is so – I just was amazed when I walked out of that theater. Amanda was asking me, what do you think of it? I'm like, give me a few minutes and let it rattle around in my brain. <laughs> I want to kind of like sort out what I just experienced. I absolutely loved it. And if you want to hear more about The Witch, go over to uh, Mark the Movie Man's podcast, The Spoiler Room. Hit A few people that are on the show tonight actually were there and uh, we're talking about it. So go, please, go over there and uh, listen to his talk about The Witch. Have any of you guys seen these two movies? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thoughts. Let's get quick thumbs up and thumbs down on them. I give thumb up to both. Mostly The Witch, but yeah. Glenn? Just just for Deadpool, I haven't seen The Witch yet. Yeah, go check that one out. You're going to love that one, Scott. Uh, thumbs up for both of them. Uh, the Witch is one where it's one of those ones where you, it's like you said, you need to have that like wash over you. You can't be – it's being marketed as this like – horror film and so hence there was like all these like teenagers in my theater and even people bringing their families of small children into the theater and stuff <laughs> like it's not even that it's inappropriate for them which it kind of is it's that i don't think that audience is going to really 
get it. They're gonna not going to really appreciate it at this stage of their life unless they're unusually matured and well-balanced for their age in a way that I was not. So, I mean, I, I thought it was really good. It's one of those movies that really washes over you. You think about it more and more and more after it's over. Yeah, it's a very – I thought it was a very dense film. I thought a lot of its themes – uh, we're very relevant in our society today that seems to be reverting back to ignorant uh, religious fervor yeah. I- instead of intellectualism. I thought there was a lot going on underneath the surface of The Witch, and I, I really want everybody to check that out. Mark? Uh, thumbs up to both. Deadpool, just hilarious. Hurt your side. I've never been in an audience. I've never. It's been a long time since I've been in a movie where the entire audience is laughing the same time I am. Usually I'm that odd guy that's either laughing or not laughing while everyone else is laughing. But this time, yeah, it hit on all marks. And The Witch, yeah, it's an experience. It's it it's just one of those surprising films. I'm so glad it got wide release. And I tweeted afterwards that The Witch was worth the half-hour drive to go see it uh, this past weekend versus this next weekend, which is when it's going to be in town. Um, but it was so worth the half-hour drive. And it was a shame that most most modern movie horror movie fans aren't going to get it and so far that's what i've seen i've seen critics love it and younger people who are going in expecting the gallows where you have 15 jump scares are coming out going man that movie was disappointing and i'm like yeah you don't get it (laughs) so we'll see both yeah yeah i don't i don't like being that person that says you know that there that too many people aren't to the level that will understand a film it's i think it's a very mature film so unfortunately if the rest of the movies that we see out in the megaplex are of any indication as to the maturity level of most horror audiences this isn't going to be for them no um, it was, I, I laughed at the fact that i saw the conjuring 2 trailer beforehand and it was like night and day as far as tone and and style and just execution i'm just like yeah okay <laughs> yeah it was a very old feeling movie i loved it i absolutely loved it i can't say enough about it but i am going to cut it short because we have to get to these non-werewolf films <laughs> so let's let's get right to this there's a lot of non-werewolfery we need to discuss tonight and we will start off with 1988's howling for the original nightmare Oh, God. Everybody's worst nightmare has returned. It's known simply as the howling. Every night I've been hearing this howling. There's something so sinister about these woods. He's out there. There's no big animals here, Bass. Don't worry. There's nothing in the forest to harm you.
for the original nightmare. Howling for the original nightmare, which essentially is just a retread of the original film, but supposedly a more accurate spot on rendition of the original novel. That's why it's called The Original Nightmare. Being somebody that actually read the original novel, it is closer, but it's a lot less rapey. So, I mean, if, you, if, if that's something that you were, you were hoping for, then you got it. Uh, here's, the plot, <laughs> here's the plot synopsis of Howling for The Original Nightmare from IMDb. A successful author moves to a new town after suffering a mental breakdown and is tormented by demons and werewolves. And I said it like there's a question mark because there ain't no fucking werewolves in this damn movie. Exclamation point, point turns into a question mark. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you'll get the shortest remake of The Incredible Melting Man ever. <laughs> oh, I had that in my notes too. <laughs> oh man, folks, you know, it for a movie that essentially if if you are a fan of the Were of the Howling series up to this point and watched it through, you know what this movie is. It's uh, point by point like the same movie only done is like a quintessential 90s direct-to-video sequel. It has all the hallmarks of it, horrible music, zero style with their opening credits. It's just stark white text on a black background. Um, it, it's shot like a TV movie with zero visual flair, no camera movement. All of the images are four by three safe. Everyone stands in the middle of the screen and they're all uh, mid shots, um, flat lining, uh, lighting. And it's just everything is obvious and telegraphed and boring. And unfortunately, which, which is the most shocking aspect of this, is that it was directed by John Hugh. Yes. Who directed Dirty Mary Crazy Larry and Escape from Witch Mountain and Legend of Hell House. Went from those films to direct this complete snoozer there's really not a lot to say about it style wise because there is no style to this film uh andrew what would you say about howling for i was really surprised man because like we were getting into now the ones that i had never seen before you know like i'd seen one two three and those are you know I had never seen the rest of these. So I actually kind of got a little excited about it <laughs> when we ended the last one. I'm like, man, I'm kind of stoked to watch these. And then uh, I started to think about like uh, if these were like, if they took the same approach to Jason movies, people would have tore the seats out of the theater. They would have, they, they would have made the next Jason movie about what happened at the screening of the Jason. Movie. You know, just the thing about it. Remember how, how pissed everybody was about like part eight, was like Jason takes Manhattan is like, well, he really takes a boat, you know, this, yeah. this was like, oh, man, I, yeah, I don't get it, man. It was really like, is werewolf so hard to make that you don't want to show it? You know what I mean? It's like, is, was it a budgetary thing? I'm still still trying to figure that out. I mean, they have one great effect in the movie that Glenn already mentioned, and you know, but I just don't understand, man. I mean, it was like, is it a, it's not a, much fucking, there's not much nudity. It just. You know, I would have been fine with no werewolf if they had put a lot of titty in Just nothing, man. There's, there's really nothing. And when we're talking about titty, the boobs don't happen until 55 minutes into the movie. And if you remember, 
the first film, the setup is essentially this couple goes out to a retreat or out in the woods um, as a getaway because uh, the female of the couple is distressed and needs to take her mind off of a trauma. In this film, uh, the, the lead character is an author who is stressed out from her deadlines and is having these dreams that are causing her to have these waking hallucinations. So they go out into the middle of the woods, her and her bootleg Richard Marks husband. Uh, <laughs> Another movie with right a great there. mullet. Yep. He had a great mullet in a, in a three day shadow beard. Um, he was right there waiting for her when she got home. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry, guys. I, I, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> but anyways, the nudity scene is the nudity scene from the first one where we got animated werewolves fucking. And this doesn't happen until 55 minutes into the fucking movie. I mean... And she had the this, worst nipples I've ever seen. Okay, do you do you feel? I don't want to get really super into her nipples too much. But Why not? Oh, I thought I, I thought they were pretty fucked up too. I didn't want to sound like a. I wouldn't sound, want to sound like that one guy who's like, "Oh, what's wrong with this chick?" But you know, if Angela's on board, <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> it's just gonna be like, yeah. Was, I don't remember the nipples. Somebody tell me what's up. They're yeah. like multi-layer puffy nipples. Yeah, it was, it's oh. like there's a, there's a tiny little wedding cake sitting on the end of her boob. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I really don't even. Is that bad that I don't even remember the nipple? I just seen. <laughs> no, that says something about yeah. it. It's like a wedding cake. Gotta yeah, go it's back like three tiered nipples. Oh, that actually sounds pretty cool. Really. It's not. It's awful. Like a fondant one or like a, a an old school. Like no, like an old buttercream. school. <laughs> More like a cupcake. More like cupcake frosting on top of a nipple. You're not making this sound bad, dude. I, I just wish now. Right. Now I just wish that there was like a little like werewolf bride and a werewolf groom at the end of each nipple. That would have been so awesome. <laughs> that scene would have been a lot more interesting. I'll tell you that. It would have happened in Howling if Philip Mora make it. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, I I agree. And and that's the thing about this movie in general is it's just like. Really, there is no style, so the movie is just boring and flat, and it goes nowhere. She, the most of the story after they decide to go to this little town, and it lo- it looks like a desert town. You you think that it was? It's of course some southern Californian desert town. Nope, this was actually shot in South Africa. So that is explains a lot of why a lot of the acting and a lot of the voice seems off because it was all dubbed. It, almost every single line, every single sound effect in this movie was dubbed over. And the reason was is that they did shoot in South Africa during apartheid, I might add. And they were shooting in and around this area and often in this shack where there was like lots of noise nearby, including an airport that would just fly right over the thing. So every time that, so whatever they shot, they had to redub over because every time it's like, I don't know, I'm in this town and there are werewolves. So they had to do that. It was, and this is one of those rare cases where it wasn't a language barrier. It was a, you really didn't scout this location very well. 
Oh, it was obvious that it was completely dubbed over, and it unfortunately made a lot of the performances extremely wooden, especially the temptress. Her her overdub is atrocious and makes her sound like a robot. It's just, it's really unfortunate. Seth, I know you like these sleazy-ass werewolves, but man, this thing came up flat. What did you think of this? Wow, uh, what sleazy-ass werewolves? <laughs> <laughs> It felt like they just took the most basic plot outline and said, fuck it, let's go shoot it. Nothing, Nothing's planned out. It felt like a Coke commercial at times to me because they just kept going to that general store and having Cokes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what I got out of this movie, that I want a Coke. <laughs> Howling for the Coke nightmare. Oh, man. Well, that was the thing is that this little town, it it almost seemed like it was some backlot, like Old West uh, town that was built in Southern California for, you know, you know, back in the 30s or 40s for people to shoot Westerns at. And it it, it just was boring to look at. There was not much going on. And then half of the film is this Scooby-Doo mystery about a missing nun that formerly owned the cabin that kills the movie flat. There's just like nothing that goes on because it's the lead and her friend, who's a who's a fan of her novels, decide to go on this hunt for this knowledge of these people. For what reason? I have no fucking clue, and it doesn't really fucking matter because it goes nowhere. Absolutely three, nowhere. Yeah, all three of these are actually Scooby Doo mysteries if you think about it. There's no monster and and there's a literal, you know, bad guy in every single one of them. I thought 6 was kind of like a incredible Hulk TV episode. Yeah, yeah I got to agree. Away with the truth yeah. wasn't for you and your meddling cake boobs. <laughs> <laughs> This is good. good. (laughs) Mark, what did you think? I know you you text me every time we have these episodes. You live text me the entire time. uh, I'm just like, dude, just save it. You're giving away all your good stuff. But uh, Mark, tell the listeners what you thought of this one. I do that because I have to share because I'm watching these for the show and I need, need to share in the whatever is going on yeah this one i was texting derek and i'm like yep no werewolf yet (laughs) it's called the howling right (laughs) and then like 33 minutes in we get a little hint i'm like oh oh werewolf i'm like there better be titty in it so 45 minutes go by nope Still no day. <laughs> and then finally, minutes. in 55 minutes, I'm like, finally, there it is. Oh, wait, there it goes. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this film, this, this, I, this film, I don't know. Uh, it was a snooze fest. Uh, I, the, the script, yeah, this author who apparently makes friends very easily because not only was this fan suddenly her, her bosom buddy, but she called these two people who just show up in her cabin from this RV. She calls them their fr- her friends. I'm like, you knew them for like two minutes. And, and they're your friends? What the hell? And, and she's looking for the license plate. And yeah, they're doing this mystery with this nun and she's having visions of. It was like the script was a werewolf Mad Libs. And go, okay, I'll put this here. 
and I'll put this here. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And we need cake nipples here. Okay. And by the time you get to some werewolf action, I was like, wait, the the way the werewolf trans, tr- he, the way he transforms, he's got to completely melt into Jello Pudding Pop. And then <laughs> he comes out. <laughs> As a werewolf. I'm like, what the hell kind of transformation is that? It's called the souffle method. <laughs> it's a bit impractical to me. I'm just like So did he have to roofie himself in order to do that first? I'm thinking. I think he actually popped one before he, he melted. You know, and, and did that husband quote unquote boyfriend, husband, whatever he was, I guess husband. Richard Marks. Yeah. He's like all jealous because she's all buddy buddy with her agent. Yet how long did it take him to go sniffing around the butt of the, you know, the temptress in the shop? Yeah. I mean, he was there. He was practically doing that when they first met her. And I'm like sitting here going, this writing makes no sense. You really, dude? You're sitting here and I'm like, oh, yeah, the film. Very little payoff for what you have to slog through on this film, yeah. Um, yeah, unfortunately. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Honestly, there's that, that's why we're gonna have a tough time going on and on about uh, uh, the, at least the first couple of these movies is because they are essential. Like this one is essentially a soap opera version of the first film, mm-hmm. and it's shot in that way, a very made-for-TV type movie. And then the last ten minutes are great. Yes, Once he finally turns into the werewolf and melts and reconstitutes. And um, that with all of these, the, the townspeople chanting Satan, 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 and they look like werewolf versions of the people from the Carnival of Souls. The movie turns really fun and the werewolf looks great. I was like, man, can you imagine if this was at least maybe half of the movie? <laughs> yeah, the last 15 minutes of this movie are incredibly great All the out, right all of a sudden. Uh, basically, I'd say I would probably go as far back as the ridiculous twist where they find out that the nun who they thought was saying something like, they thought, thought she was saying something like, we're all alone here or something like that. But I guess because she's got like some kind of speech impediment or something, they didn't figure it out <laughs> that she's saying... And I guess, like, I would say everything from that, like, you've got to be shitting me uh, reveal all the way to the end, which is, I think, of like about 15 minutes or so, because that's when the guy goes, becomes all melty. Andrew, you were talking about how uh, silly it was that um, uh, Robert Picardo melted a bit in the first one. And here he gets really melty, the werewolves, all the way to that ending. I'm like, Jesus, that's now that's the John Ho or who or however we pronounce his name. That's the one I oh. know. Oh, okay, that's the one. That's the guy I know from Legend of Hell House, man. That's like that level of crazy. And you know, Legend of Hell House, Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, Escape from Witch Mountain, Watcher in the Woods. I mean, those movies got that crazy. But this one, it didn't get that until the end. And until then, we had to deal with, you know, Michael T. Weiss, the guy from that 90s TV show, The Pretender, the one who looked weird. I always thought it looked weird. As and like, Freeway 2. 
And Freeway yeah. 2. That's right, he was in and Freeway. Freeway 1. Well, whatever. He plays aggressive Kenny Loggins in this movie. So, I mean, <laughs> he, he, I just didn't like it. He was constantly dismissing his wife. Even before he was under the werewolf spell, he was dismissing his wife. I don't know when. Christ, Marie, we stop hassling me? And even after her dog is missing for several days, like, no, okay, a few hours, yeah, there, it might be nothing. A few days, there's something wrong. <laughs> Dude, he didn't give one shit about anything she said the entire no. movie. No, he well, no, he was just a dick. He was a total dick. I mean, if this if his part if this movie was made about ten to fifteen years later than it was, that part would have been played by Thomas Hayden Church. I mean, this guy I mean, he was he was that level of a dick, you know, like the guy from Sideways and everything like that. He was that level of self absorbed. I'm the victim here because no one's interested in my needs, that kind of person. And it, it was there was lots of stuff I actually enjoyed about the film, but I mean it was so dull of until it could really go nuts towards the end. It, it, it might be, and I'm just gonna say it right now because I've already babbled, is that it might be because the, the part four and and the next one, part five, are produced by Harry Allen Towers, who if you look, if you did ever do a check on this guy, he's produced like hundreds of movies uh, since the 50s and 60s. Uh, often from existing material, often public domain material, sometimes not. Uh, and some of them have been really great movies, and then some of them have been really, well, not. <laughs> so... <laughs> well, there's also another name attached to this that is quite, at least from this point on, a frequent contributor and primary, like one of the primary creative forces behind the subsequent sequels, Clive Turner. And you'll get to know this name and this man little by little as we go along in these movies because he not only goes from producing to writing to acting Uh to directing. Now, that's not this episode. Next episode, you'll get Clive Turner's magnum opus, New Moon Rising. (laughs) But but he he is somebody who's attached to all of these subsequent sequels and you start to wonder well what is the thread here that's like holding these things back i don't want to put a name to it but somebody's (laughs) responsible for these non-werewolf movies and everyone that he's attached to have a whole lot of non-werewolf action going on (laughs) so uh, before we wrap up part four because i really don't think there's anything more to talk about with this movie it's 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 a snooze fest let's go ahead and go down the line give a thumbs up thumbs down glenn thumbs up thumbs down on this one oh thumbs down big time on this one andrew thumbs down man you know the the sexually frustrated husband is really kind of a metaphor or how your ass will feel watching this movie. <laughs> it's it's totally there's so little to talk about and to think about with this movie because it is essentially the same movie as the first one, only less stylish, less interesting. I forgot there. I got uh, the original drummer for Guns N' Roses has a quick cameo as a tow truck driver. <laughs> you know who that actually is? Uh, the original drummer for Hanoi Rocks. I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> I like your references because I get them. Um, that's actually the man I just discussed. That's Clive Turner. Oh, God. <laughs> well, he should have turned the truck around and went home, but I'd have. But yeah, the, the, it's it, if you thought that Howling 1 was 
too much for you, this might be more your speed. So, anyways, Scott, thumbs up or thumbs down? You know, I and I didn't, I didn't hate it as much as you guys did. Um, I almost wish I could kind of like go, eh, but you know, push comes to shove, I gotta give it a thumbs down. Uh, it's not quite like you know trying to like dig into the earth thumbs down, but it's definitely a thumbs down. Seth, if you want, I know you didn't say a whole lot on this one. If you want to say a little bit more, go for it. I know I'm moving, I'm pushing this along because. I just, there's nothing going on in this movie, but thumbs up and thumbs down. Uh, it's all been said. Thumbs down. There's nothing more to say. Yeah, I agree, brother. Okay, Mark the Movie Man. Yeah, this is the Vice Academy 4 of the series <laughs> where nothing happens but a wedding at the end. Only in this case, a werewolf <laughs> happens at the very end with very little exploitation elements that you least like to see out of something like this. <coughs> Yeah, thumbs down. Yeah, it's just not even worth it. The last 10, 15 minutes do not make it worth sitting through the other hour and 15 minutes. Though you do get some intermissions in between because they literally put in a fade in, fade out for commercial breaks. It felt like it really did feel like it was made for TV, even though this looked like that's why I called it the quintessential 90s direct to video film because it looked like all of those horror movies that were coming out on what was that hallmark video no yeah yeah it looked like yeah. all of those fucking movies try trimark trimark there trimark. you go there thank you not hallmark trimark I, I remember when this was coming out and um i of course was renting movies every weekend i tried to like rent like uh, four to five movies every weekend when I was in school and a little because I was a little kid at the time and I saw the ads for this and it was uh, IVE video as was the people who actually put it out but I'm saying that because this is when people were sequel crazy I remember I think I think this was even like might have even been on like a tape of Rambo three that I rented and there was trailers for this iron Eagle two, yeah. I think a watcher sequel or something. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I, I remember that. Cause I've re- I rented this. I remember that. Yeah. Although I, I will blame Angelique. I'm going to have to go back to the 55 minute mark to see the, the cake nipples. Cause I, I mean, I will, I will take a screenshot and send to you guys if, if, uh, if I must, because just I mean, because- I had to pause it. I was like, what is wrong with... Oh, my God. No, it's been built up way too much. We can't not all evaluate. <laughs> Trust me. I remember it seared into my brain from when I was a child, from 1988. I remember seeing those nipples, and even at that age, thinking, what? What's wrong with those? Okay. Well, I mean, the whole sex scene was just terrible anyway. So, I mean, the fact that there were boobs in it doesn't really improve it any at all. Sounds like some very interesting boobs, I think. That's part of this discussion, in my opinion. I think, Andrew, why you don't remember it is probably because you fell asleep at that point. Homie, not to make this about me, but it was fucking brutal to sit through these at night. I fell asleep so much, man. It took me three days to watch each one, probably. That's exactly how I felt watching the Vice Academy movies. It was the oh, movie viewing God. equivalent of being on the street of the Revenant. <laughs> These were rough. I, I I recall back in the day, and Angelique, I am going to get to you eventually. Oh, I know we're stringing this Take along. your time. <laughs> <laughs> back in the day, for some reason, and maybe it was, you know, you're more easily pleased when you're younger. And at that time, you know, when these were coming out, even just the slightest bit of sleaze, you know, when you're a young boy, get you get you going oh that was great <laughs> i remember liking the, these all of these movies when they came out and now 
coming back to him, this movie was just a whole lot of fucking nothing. Just <laughs> a lot of fucking nothing. Oh, um, so is this, this is some great A bullshit. Some old bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so Angelique, let's round this out so we can move on to the next boring movie. Um, <laughs> what thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs down. The best part of this movie was the theme song. Oh, you know? it's good. I'm glad it's you so brought good. that up. I'm glad you brought that up. And it is funny that Andrew. Oh man, when Andrew brought up Friday Thirteenth Part Eight, this song the something dangerous was it sounded just like the darkest side of the night from friday the 13th part eight i remember i was sitting in my car after i had watched it and i made amanda listen to this and she just looked at me like what's wrong with you <laughs> listen to the lyrics of the song and and seriously if you don't crack up dying from laughter i don't want to know you i don't want you in my life it's a great it's you a don't great, need that kind of negativity so it reminded me of, it actually reminded me of well this is from a really good movie but i mean it reminded me of like a song that would be like on the fright night soundtrack you know for, for two seconds i thought you were gonna say howling too and i was gonna punch you through to the <laughs> a good movie <laughs> well what I'm going to do now is I'm going to play a little bit of that song here for you folks. So you can, you can listen to the greatest part of this movie beside, and you know, if we made a super cut of howling Four, it would be like three minutes long. It would have uh frosting uh, nipples and uh, a melting werewolf. And then that would be the end of the, the super cut of uh, howling Four. So uh, here's, here's the amazing track something dangerous from howling four and when we get back from that we're going to talk about howling five rebirth from 1989 
Howling Rebirth from 1989, Howling 5 Rebirth from 1989. Uh, I so remember when I was younger that I actually liked this movie. I said a little bit in the last segment for Howling 4, the original Nightmare. But for some reason, I recall in my stupid primal brain that Howling 5 was actually a good film. That it actually had werewolves in it. <laughs> Rewatching it, it not only is not a good film, it also has no fucking werewolves in it. It claims to have a lot of fucking werewolves in it. There ain't no goddamn werewolves in this movie. <laughs> if you did a supercut of the goddamn thing, it would have it would literally have all of 15 seconds of fucking werewolf in it. But anyways, to stop the rant, let's let's start this the proper way like we do every single one we do. Here's the plot synopsis of Howling 5 Rebirth. <laughs> from, from imdb.com. A group of strangers visit an ancient Hungarian castle for no fucking reason! <laughs> And bring along a werewolf. <laughs> so again, Clive Turner takes a more active part in this. He actually stars as the Aussie comic relief in this film. He's the guy who, who goes up to the bar and talks to the quote-unquote bitch character of the film. A vodka martini, very dry with a twist. No, 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 no. A vodka with a twist. I do not understand. Vodka. Twist. Here. She means this, mate. If I want your help, I'll ask for it. Sorry, love. And I'm not your love. No, I wouldn't want to allow him the standards. So he's an active star in this movie, and he, I believe he co-wrote it and was an active producer on it. And uh, the director was the co-director of the red-brown-fronted <laughs> Space <Yes>! Mutiny. <laughs> So there's another tie to Reb Brown in the series. Ah, Reb. And, and uh, this is one I want to start off with Mark the Movie Man. Because uh, <laughs> while he was watching it the other night, he had a lot to t say about the, the opening sequence of this film that was set in Budapest, 1489. <laughs> It was. I I texted Derek because I, I started up five. And like I said, I like to share so he knows what pain he's putting us through. And I sat there and I just texted. I'm like, 
Budapest. What, fourteen sixty nine? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> like this is a howling, right? So then they show the scene with all the dead people at the buffet table, and I'm like, holy <laughs> crap! I'm like, <laughs> the buffet table of fourteen eighty nine Budapest. <laughs> it, it was the it was the really old country buffet. <laughs> it was a really old country oh. buffet. You know, they didn't they didn't have they didn't have Mister Safe testing the food first. So they just dove right into that shit. And I'm like, okay, everybody's dead. And then this dude shows up with the most impractical sword ever in the history of cinema. This thing has such a huge hilt. I'm like, holy crap. You can't can't even wield that thing. What the hell type of sword is that? I don't know. So you've never seen Sword and the Sorcerer then? Well, no, I have. Yes. But, but... But that had three blades. But <laughs> that makes a difference. We need to do that on our show because that's that keeps coming up over and over and over again on this show. Gladly. That does make a difference. But no, seriously, you look at the handle on the sword and you're like, how does he even wrap his hand around that thing? Is he compensating for something? I don't know. But he shows up and his girl shows up and he's like, oh, okay, how about the baby? And she goes, yes. And so he assumes that means it's dead, and he runs her and him through with his big-ass sword. I mean, this thing is huge. I don't know what Dollar Tree they got it from, but whatever <laughs> Dollar Tree, it was – But and then just as he's dying, there's a baby crying. I'm like, dude, you didn't go check? What the <laughs> – like, well, And then he pulls a Darth Vader, no! <laughs> he died in vain. I'm like, I'm like, I slit work. myself in the crotch with this huge sword for nothing. <laughs> this, this is a werewolf movie, right? <laughs> well, the movie has has actually it starts off with um uh, the opening shot, the title shot is a cradle rocking back and forth. Yes, yes. It's actually the coolest title shot of the entire series, and. It has nothing to do with fucking anything. <laughs> the, the subtitle, The Rebirth, has nothing to do with fucking anything. No, it was like it was like Clue in a Castle. We had we assembled all these characters for because they have this birthmark that's shaped like a wolf head. I'm like, I was gonna say tattoo, but they've all got this birth. I'm like, really? That's one hell of an intricate birthmark. That was exactly my thought. Clue in a castle. It was like it was again Scooby Doo and Clue and House on Haunted Hill and Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> but but yeah. but nothing that relates to a werewolf movie. You will exactly. notice, folks. <laughs> yeah, but they keep talking about a werewolf and they keep flashing because the whole setup is essentially these people they get invited to this castle for who knows the fuck why, and they all decide to go and they are all the most generic stereotypical characters on earth. You have the jock, you have the bitch, you have the rich guy, you have the aging starlet. You have the foreign wisecracker, blah, 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 blah. And they all go to this castle. And once they get to the castle, the rest of the movie is them sitting around in a dining room talking and then walking around with candles as they, in flash frames, get supposedly eaten by a werewolf for the rest of the movie. And um, really, that's it. There's yep. 
fucking nothing else happens and then it just it just ends no transformation scene that's it seth did you have a real lack of a sleaze boner with this movie yeah um i mean doesn't the movie end with a literal wink to the camera yeah it was a a thriller (laughs) wink yeah Uh, yeah i think my favorite part was uh when during one of the dozens of scenes of people walking around various rooms, <laughs> uh, the guy's drawing a chalk line. Yes. To, to find his way back. And they start, I guess they think that someone's erasing them and uh, they start flipping out. And then the girl turns around and goes, Oh, there it is. And sees their chalk line again. That, oh, okay. Everything's fine. <laughs> it, it's just a lack of anything going on that that made it into the movie. <laughs> Uh, and just walking into one room and coming out another door and the whole Scooby-Doo thing where one door leads to six other rooms. Secret passageways. There's just nothing going on. Speaking of nothing going on, at least this movie 34 minutes in had a boob flash. Yeah, flash. That's it. The whole thing was was, uh, bland enough that I thought Clive Turner as the asshole foreigner was actually kind of funny. He, well, he, at least you could get some yucks out of what yeah. he was doing. Maybe he did that on purpose. No. <laughs> Set no. himself up for the future installment. Yeah. <laughs> this is all a precursor and a buildup to New Moon Rising. Oh, Let me tell you, this that. is, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Oh, you just wait. You just wait, Angelique. <laughs> oh, Andrew also was going on to social media to talk about his experience while watching Howling 5. Andrew? Oh, I don't remember what I said, but I think I arrived at something later. Um, I think this is how the pitch meeting, the production meeting went, rather, for Howling 5, if you guys are ready. It's the end of the 80s. All the slashers and all the horror movies have all been done. And they're like, so what can we do that's different? I know. You know how those movies where... They kill a bunch of people one by one. Let's just not for a really long time. Let's write nine (laughs) characters for a solid hour. That'll do it. And then instead of having everybody die in different ways, let's just all have them have their throats ripped out. Just all throats. No different deaths. That'll be new. Oh, and you know when usually when they find the body, they're like, oh, God, let's have them not give a fuck. (laughs) Uh, And one guy raises his hand. Uh, But what what about the werewolves? Oh, well, here's a a Halloween mask and a gray glove. Okay, go shoot. (laughs) And that's it. And you, I mean, you are not exaggerating. It literally is like 10 frames of werewolf. Before a kill. I would describe it as bullshit. <laughs> that's, that's, that would possibly I don't know be the best IMDb review. I don't, I don't know how, even, even as a kid, and I watched anything, you know, I just saw these in the, in the video store and went, no way. Like, I don't know. And I was watching anything. I watched like uh, like heart beeps and uh, it, and and Munchie Strikes Back and I didn't watch the. I mean, I just I don't know what it was, man. But I'm like, why did I never watch these Howlings? I have oh, that's that why future Andrew visited the brain of of eighties Andrew and went, oh, dude, just just watch Frankenhooker again. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what little me was thinking. 
I really. I, I think I you mean, guys are being overly harsh. Uh oh, Glenn. I, I think let's hear it. Things, I just think you're you're forgetting really good performances by Calvin Lockhart and Peter Cushing and Mike. Oh no, wait a minute. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's the original movie they made 15 years earlier. <laughs> the Beast Must Die, which is basically this movie, but you actually have a werewolf occasionally. Oh it's interesting. Right, The Beast Must Die. Yeah. Yes, this is it, it's. I mean, for, it's eight people invited to an estate, and the werewolf kills them off one by one. You are correct. I mean, but it, I mean, it's got no camp Ampersand. No, it's not. In, in Germany, it's known as The Beast Must The. <laughs> 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 Which is confusing to people. You know, that's interesting because the, I mean, I mentioned Harry Allen Towers before. Glenn's right because I, I was looking at it as ten little Indians with a with a werewolf because he had shot ten little Indians like three times before this, and but Glenn's is even more on on board. Yeah, he's right. It's the beast must die, isn't it? Oh my gosh, <laughs> it absolutely is. You couldn't get more accurate than that. Just watch The Beast Must Die, or The Beast Must. The The Beast Must Die. The Beast Must Die. Scott, I'm going to let you give your your thoughts on this one, because I think we've already exhausted this one. This might be the quickest franchise episode of all time on Astro Radio Z. Scott. Uh, I like it. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait just one goddamn minute. Yeah, yeah. This is from the guy who didn't like the one with Sybil Danning topless the entire time and didn't like the one that was gonzo shit-ass crazy with marsupial fucking werewolves. But he likes the one where people walk around in the dark with candles and have fucking jelly on their necks as if they got their necks torn out. I I might have to go somewhere right now. <laughs> I am just I am thoroughly just shocked. No no no. Okay, explain yourself, look, Scott. I David. will. I will. I will. I will. And uh, you know what? Let's not oversell this. It's not that I really thought it was a great movie. I barely enjoyed it, and <laughs> I think a lot of it had to do with adjusting. And so I mean, there's lots of backhanded compliments to the movie here because a lot of it had to do with adjusting my expectations. Because uh, Derek, you said you remembered really liking this movie as a li- as when you were younger. Yes. And I never liked this movie. I uh, when I saw it as a ki- when it ki- came out, of course, I'm like, fuck yeah, Howlin' Five! I'm totally gonna get this. Totally forgetting how much I didn't like the last, you know, three in the series that came before <laughs> it. And I watched it. I really hated it. But so I was kind of thinking like, okay, what do I? remember from this movie not much i remember soft focus the whole time i remember people it was all in a castle and it was all like a murder mystery like an agatha christie with a werewolf i remember that it was uh, a bunch of people wandering around this castle and, uh, and the werewolves were all like silhouettes so okay i gotta remember that that's gonna be there now if i had come in here cold and just seen that i probably would have been so pissed <laughs> but i remember that much from my youth so I was able to like look at this movie and say, you know, this film still has problems. Uh, problems I didn't mention or didn't remember before was that characters change their motivations constantly throughout the film. Uh, Elizabeth Shea is absolutely terrible in her part. At the same time, I was like, you know, there is a sense of you know atmosphere about this movie. And I kind of enjoy where it's going. I, 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 as far as being just the only like crazy is shit part of the movie really is that 
for some reason they keep on splitting up and sending people off on their own whenever that happens yeah. somebody panics and accidentally kills another person which i think <laughs> is like a great way to reason not to do that <laughs> but uh, it makes no sense why they wouldn't just sit in the one dining hall and just stay there the entire fucking night. No, because if they did, because if they because if they did that, there's no movie. That would have made it. <laughs> there was no movie. It, <laughs> it, it, it would have been like it, it. It would have been the why don't you just close your laptop of un, unfriended? You know, I, there was enough atmosphere and enough going on and and enough kind of where I I really appreciated that they went with in a completely different direction with this. That I still, in spite of of it managed to just barely enjoy this entry in the series and but i have to but again you know i'm and i'm not just saying this because everybody hated it so heavily i kind of knew you everybody would but um i think a lot of that though is because i had remembered the parts that i did not like when i was younger that took that really pissed me off when they took me by surprise well i was expecting there not to be any werewolves in this movie i was expecting there not to you know to it to be a lot of wandering around i was expecting it there to be lots of soft focus which i usually hate and i took all these things and thing and i just barely kind of came out on the positive side of this movie Oh my gosh, I am thoroughly shocked. If I'm going to say anything positive about I'm this, I'm never going to be allowed in the show again. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm glad. I'm glad somebody had something good to say about it because honestly, so far, two movies in, and I'm, I'm to Vice Academy middle section uh, level annoyed. Um, but if I was going to say anything positive about the movie, it is the setting. It's very gothic. It's very stylish. Yeah. Um, at least the camera moves in this film, unlike mm. in part four. The 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 music though was horrible. It was the same goddamn stinger every single time. But that's really all I can say about it. So let's go ahead and wrap this one up because without just bitching more about this film, there, I don't think there's really anything else to to discuss. Let's go the opposite direction this time, Angelique. Thumbs up or thumbs down. I mean, I have to give it a thumbs down. I mean, I didn't loathe this movie, but it just there was nothing redeeming about it, uh, as you mentioned, aside from the set. Because, I mean, honestly, I'm like, is this the same castle that they used in Bram Stoker's Dracula? I mean, really. But, yeah, thumbs down. Uh, Mark the movie, man. I'm going to spoil the film for everyone. The innocent one who wasn't on camera for 99% of the film is the werewolf. There you go. Hungarian proverb said. You you don't have to say it now. It was better than four, but still a thumbs down. Oh my god! You know, I think I had discussed with you guys. I think we were joking about it on on some side conversations on Facebook or on Twitter or whatnot. How I thought um, this was mildly a step up from four. Watching it again today to do my notes as I do with all of these franchise episodes. I sit and I watch these multiple times, one time to just get the feel and then the second time to sit and make some observations and some notes. And the second time today, this movie is fucking nothing. Just nothing. I cannot give a thumbs up to this thing whatsoever. This is this to for me. And, and I, I've seen the other two that we'll talk about next episode. For me, this is the worst film of the series. Wow. It, 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 
It, it is by far. Really? I don't think, well, well, I don't. Well, I kind of knew something was up because I mean, you just—I mean, you couldn't even restrain yourself there, Derek. It was—it was kind of glorious. Honestly, I loved it, but I mean, it was, but I mean, I could tell that you were like, un- which was unfortunate. It was funny, but it was unfortunate because I could tell that you were speaking from a great deal of pain. You know? <laughs> it is just a movie, but <laughs> it is, it, it, it really is just a miserable viewing experience. Seth? Uh, thumbs down, but I did enjoy the uh, set pieces and the atmosphere. And uh, I guess I'm a bit of a, sucker for over appreciating murder mysteries and castles or crypts kind of reminded me of a uh, shittier graveyard disturbance by Lamberto Bava just a bunch of bumbling uh-huh. idiots running yeah. around but thumbs down it wasn't good yeah yeah I agree um we kind of know what Scott's gonna say but Scott go ahead give your th- final thoughts thumbs up thumbs up I, I'm, a, I'm also a sucker for gothics things, but, and I think because I was able to remember the things that disappointed me firsthand, I could concentrate on a lot of the other elements that I maybe didn't notice when I was younger or didn't have patience for. So I can just barely come up on the thumbs upside on this. It's not a great film, but honestly, it's a lot better than I remember it being. So. And yet, and yet, he panned Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. I'm not saying. I'm not judging. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I would rather watch this again. This Pride one Prejudice didn't break me. This one didn't break me like three. So, um, <laughs> I'm like, mm. I'm just joking oh. with you, Scott. You know. Oh, I know. I know. I know. It's it's that's all. And Mark, where is that original <laughs> conversation so that the listeners can know what you're talking about? Go ahead and plug your show. Oh, no, actually, it, it took place just before the show happened. But yes, uh, on the spoiler room on uh, specialmarkproductions.com, there's an episode where we talked just before we started recording. And uh, Scott and I uh, got in about Pride, Prejudice and Zombies. Uh, uh, so it happens when you get two people passionate about film. Uh, it, we are not above shameless chilling here on Astro Radio Z. You can find Astral Radio Z on AstralRadioZ.com. <laughs> anyway, uh, it, it, it's funny that you, you, part three of this series broke you, Angelique, because I absolutely fucking love part three, and I know this man absolutely loved part three. Andrew Shearer, what would you think of part five? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, I would give it, well, yeah, I would give it a thumbs down, definitely, man. You ever get like a bag of chips out of a vending machine, and that shit's like half full, and you're like, Ugh. What the fuck, man? Howling Five is like getting a bag of Doritos and open it up and there ain't shit in the bag. It's just air. And I could understand how somebody might be like, well, that's interesting. It kind of smells like Dorito. What an interesting thing. It's like a Dorito fart in a bag. Is that what I'm hearing? but, But people like me would be like, you know what? It says Dorito on the bag, but there's not a motherfucker in here, and I would be really <laughs> mad about that. But I will say this, man. I have in the last episode, I, I had to make mention of the brown person that was in Howling Two, and I will make mention of the brown person that is in Howling Five. This is Stephanie Faulkner. She was in uh, JD's Revenge, and um, they call me Bruce, and I don't know what other stuff she was in, but I know she was in those. And yeah, a brown person is one of the leads in another Howling movie. Pretty cool. And she's yeah. actually the one of the best actresses. She's you great. Know, I thought yeah. she was going to be a main character in the film. You know, not it starts just, out like that, but and uh, and it didn't work out that way, which was, no. was kind of disappointing because I I like I really liked her too. Yeah, but, yeah, it's too bad because they 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 literally killed the interesting characters right off the bat. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I just 
Yeah, man, it just, um, you know, that with sequels, a lot of time they go to direct to video and everything's cheaper and whatever. Yeah, you just, that's just wrong what they do <laughs> with this shit. It's wrong. It's not cool. Like, yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, I think from now on, when somebody asks me about Howling 5, I'm just going to say, dude, it's a Dorito fart. <laughs> Dorito fart in the bag. <laughs> that would be more. I would rather see that. Like, that would be at least because be, farts are funny, you know. This is true. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Last but not least, Mr. Glenn Bittner. Ah, thumbs up or thumbs down? I would have to say thumbs up if what I was looking for was what a hammer horror film would look like if you just filmed the empty sets and nothing else. <laughs> Otherwise, I have to say thumbs down if this is actually supposed to be a howling movie. <laughs> the biggest letdown is the fact that as a movie, it's just kind of eh. But as a howling movie, it's just as there's not a motherfucking one in there, as Andrew said. Oh, did I just, say motherfucker? I'm sorry. Just, <laughs> oh, no, we swore, we swore on Astro Radio Z. What will Derek Carey do to us? No, man, I wanted to be able to share this on my work account, and I never can. Leave it out with Tiny Howler. My boss would be like, why do you say motherfucker on Facebook? I didn't need to say it. Did you motherfucking see Howling 5? No. <laughs> you watch Howling 5 and see if you don't think motherfucker when you see <laughs> Dude, are you are you into motherfucking Dorito parts? <laughs> so, you better watch Howling This is the movie five. for you. You just got motherfuckered. <laughs> Alright, who's going to be the one to Photoshop the poster of this movie? Because I can't. That says, that's going to change it just to say Howling 5 Dorito it has to you have to get one of those little snack uh, size dorito bags <laughs> and just superimpose the cover on top of it and just have howling five dorito fart and have the bag open and just like the remnants <laughs> coming out of it or or like cracker jacket set instead, instead of a surprise inside someone just kicks you in the dick <laughs> <laughs> And then winks. And then winks. It's like, oh, you want to decode a ring? Nah, bam, nut kick. Oh, give me a moment to catch my breath, folks. I'm glad we don't have to talk about that movie anymore. Let's go ahead and let's move on to the final movie of tonight. This may be the most epically quick franchise episode I've ever done on this show. But I have a feeling we might have more to talk about with Howling 6, The Freaks. Howling 6, The Freaks. The world will look at you with awe. As long as you're with me, they'll never again call you freak. Step right up for the most bizarre carnival ever staged. Well, allow me to be your guide. But here is the most astonishing. Your guest has a little secret. The most deadly. Stand back, he's dangerous. The most terrifying exhibit of all. I'm the new entertainment. Is this God's will to put a man on display like some sort of animal? We are not talking about a man. You tore her limb from limb. You can't deny your 
true nature. You get this thing taken care of. Find out whoever or whatever is to blame. Kill it, arrest it. I don't care which. You see the devil? You shoot him. Things work. Shall not go unpunished. The series renters are howling for returns with its most spectacular addition ever. Howling 6, The Freaks. Made in 1991, Howling 6, The Freaks, or as I'll call it, Blue Vampire vs. Emo Wolf. This, mo- this movie is the age-old tale of a British guy who wanders into a dead-end uh, desert town, renovates a church, fights off the advances of the church owner's daughter, wolfs out, and gets caught by a carnival runner who is a mutant-looking vampire. They then fight, and then the wolf runs off with the alligator boy. The end. If you were to take any of the decent bits of four and five and actually try and stretch them out a little bit more, you get howling six. You finally get a movie that has some style to it. The pacing isn't so glacial that you'll fall asleep every 10 minutes. Um, You actually have makeup effects, decent makeup effects and the acting. It's fairly decent. It's not too shabby. Glenn, what'd you think of six? The freaks. I don't really have a problem with a lot of versus movies. Whenever you have something versus something, it's nearly always a letdown. And this one just, I'll, I'll, I'll give you this much. We get about 18 seconds more werewolf than we did in the last movie. <laughs> I understand being on a budget, but you, you can't afford like just a floor mat from a 57 Chevy pickup truck. Just to have a guy <laughs> wearing his back or something. Come on. No one can grow a beard. Nothing. <laughs> He was too pretty for a beard. I think it was. I think it was. What was funny was the werewolf because they actually had a transformation scene, even though most of the transformation scene was this dude that wore kind of like a a plastic bag on his foot with with claws. That that seemed to be most of the transformation scene. Wait, wait. When they showed the werewolf, he had nothing on his face except I that mean, lipstick. It didn't make any sense to me, Glenn. It didn't have good music though. Except for the, what, the country tune, the hor- horrible country blessed by the Lord song that played while that they were was b- rebuilding. was so much fun because it was so awful. Oh, That's boy. That's one of the funniest parts in the whole movie. <laughs> so you get, uh, you, you get a Rocky Four-style montage where uh, the British guy who comes into this dead-end town, um, he ends up taking a job in order to have some place to live with this guy who bought this old church, this rundown church, and they decide to renovate it. And during that, they have this montage where they're renovating it. You know, they're fixing it up. They're tearing boards off. They're scraping off the paint. They're putting on new paint. They're bringing in pews. They're doing all this stuff to the most unbelievably stupid country tune. This side of Howling 7, New Moon Rising, which is a... It is foreshadowing for the entire film of Howling 7, New Moon Rising. We have been blessed by the Lord. We have been blessed by the Lord. Blessed is the love He brings to me. Love is blessed and He gives to Shines so bright, the 
first cameo ever with with Mary Lou for like two seconds in the audience. Oh, yeah, I yeah, read that's... about that. I missed her entirely. I read about that on the IMDb, and I missed her entirely. That's where I read about initially. I had to go back and watch it. Yeah, she she's in the audience. Doesn't say anything. You see her for like two or three seconds. That's it. I'm like, is she, what is fucking what, point of that? There's one you, where you I act, thought I you act as if we paid attention to Howling Five. That we would be able to pick up on her popping up like that. Was she the one in the polka dot dress? Because that's the only one I thought maybe it might have been her. I believe so. Okay, because she was the only one who was scowling instead of cheering. The scowling. The scowling. The scowling. Um, let's explain to the folks who the fuck is Mary Lou. Oh yeah. Is that the werewolf at the end? Yeah. Yeah, that's the werewolf at the end of five. Yeah, the innocent one. She's the thriller wink. Yes. He's the one that, that hugs him and then looks at the camera like, I'm the werewolf. Fucker. I did it, me. This is what constitutes as continuity in the Howling universe. <laughs> so anyways, what did you what did you think of the werewolf, the, the look of the werewolf, Glenn, as you're you're still going? You still you still seem to have a lot to go here. It's better than than as as what it was with what a mask and a glove from the first from the last one, like Andrew said. It's better than that. I mean, uh, I'll I'll give him that much. It's it's slightly better than you know a hand job from a hook handed man in a truck truck stop bathroom. It's better than that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> let him work it out, folks. Let him work it out. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta work this out. Um, but just so much of it was just the, the first thing is you have the setting of a circus, which is a great setting for a horror film because circuses, just by their very nature, are creepy as fuck. I mean, everything about a circus is wrong. If you think about it. carnies, if there was ever. Ever an evil being put on the face of the earth? It's a, it's carnies, and I'm sure there might be a nice one somewhere, but they're the spawn of Satan. And <laughs> you throw in the freaks and the and clowns, and I mean just people, you know, living in these big tents and wagons. I mean, come on, you have a perfect setting already, and somehow you blow it. I just I don't I don't understand it. You have such a good setup. Have a werewolf versus vampire movie that doesn't really have a werewolf very much. And God, I hate when they have to do things like, hey, you know what we'll do? We'll name the vampire guy Harker. Huh? See if people pick up uh-huh. on that. See if they harken back. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, clever. Wink. That's wink, Bob Soaker's Dracula, baby. Yeah. I mean, oh, man. I'm telling you, th- this movie, Howling 6, is the Ghoulies 2 of this series. It's, <laughs> it's, it's set in a carnival, except they exchange out Royal Dano for Antonio Fargus as the yes! geek Redfield character. I was so happy to see a real geek. I know. Uh, and another black person. It's pretty crazy. And it's yeah. looking hot. Huggy bear. Pimple <laughs> of the year. Yeah, Andrew. What did, I know you you got a hold of me about Antonio Fargus. Were you super excited to see him in this book? I thought it was farkin' great, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, what what do we like about the Howling movies? The first three. We like the sex. We like the humor. And we like the werewolves. Well, let's take all those out of the next three. I mean, that's basically this is the best of four, five, and six. But it's still like you wouldn't. What they should have done was take like the production value of five, the effects from four, and actually the story of six. And then you would have had, if you let Philip Moore make it, then you would have had a, a good a good movie, I think. But uh, even the vampire versus werewolf thing, I mean, it just doesn't 
like that vampire when he finally vampires out at first i was like that looks like baphomet from nightbreed fucked dead and eggplant i mean he, he, yeah. was kinda, he, he was an interesting looking thing and then they kind of try to make it like freaks by having deep roy attack that girl it just didn't um, like i said man it's kind of like an incredible hulk episode even at the end the guy walks off and rip closed out into the sunset or whatever yeah holding the, <laughs> the alligator boy instead of going with what you would imagine you know the romantic interest where you know she fought so hard and defended him when her father decided once they found out he was a werewolf the father is just like nah he's the spawn of satan you can't go anywhere near him but she still loved him so what happens they get go through all of this and at the end nah i'm i'm going to carry in my arms the alligator boy off into the sunset. No nah, man. <laughs> talk about talk about talk about it being shot down, man. Wait, I thought everybody liked this one. What what's up? It, this one is the least painful of the ones so far to me. Anyway, I mean, I I kind of enjoyed this one a little bit. I loved Alligator Boy. He was cool. I loved the geek. But the whole, you know, exoskeleton Nosferatu versus shiny rock steady werewolf. No, you know, it's a little bit like Teen Wolf got into the Mac, you know. Yeah, it's like he, he wasn't. It wasn't even wolfy. He was just, you know, like the elephant man with fangs. <laughs> I liked the way that vampire looked, though. I actually liked that look on there. It was kind of like the Nosferatu thing, but they made him kind of look like more like a. Like it made him look. I think it was trying to make him look even more like ancient, you okay, know. Like and the everything. gin from Wishmaster. I mean, yeah. raisin. He was purple as a bastard. <laughs> Like a vampire plus balls, and you get <laughs> motherfucking eggplant Dracula. <laughs> Dracula. <laughs> Mark the movie man. What did you think about the eggplant Dracula? <laughs> you know, I think I remember seeing this once. Yeah, it was during a Buffy the Vampire Slayer show. This thing felt like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode. That's how it played out from from the way the vampire looked to the way they handled the werewolf. I'm like, this would have made a really good Buffy episode. <laughs> you get miles in there. and But yeah, as itself, I, I enjoyed after watching four and five, this was like amazing. This was like, I was like, wow, shit's happening. Dude just actually bit the head off a chicken. That's awesome. And I'm like, this is great. And it's still not fantastic, but out of these three films, this is the one I enjoyed the most because shit happened. Mm-hmm. Not even werewolf shit, just shit. We we actually had a story in here. We we had the religious dad who who once he finds out the guy's a werewolf, suddenly he's like he's spawn of Satan, and you get a little bit of a character thing going on there. You know, the dude being a vampire it was pretty obvious from the get-go uh where he looked like you know a rejected casting call member from you know interview with a vampire no he is a vampire and yep sure enough he shows up that he's a vampire i'm like well that wasn't a twist but stuff happened you actually had 
a plot that had things that moved forward and things happened. <laughs> so I guess in that sense, I enjoyed it a lot more than the other two, if nothing else, because this actually had a a story. Mm-hmm. It had a narrative to it. Uh, as a werewolf movie, yeah, he kind of looked like Teen Wolf. He kind of looked like, you know, a Chewbacca costume gone wrong. But uh, <laughs> like other- he put the Chewbacca costume on backwards. Yeah. You know, uh, but other than that, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. I did like Alligator Boy. I I thought he was an awesome character. I wanted to see more of Alligator Boy. I was glad the werewolf walked off on the end with Alligator Boy because I wanted, I want to see more of that character. Not that we will, but I like never. Now that's an interesting story from here. You could you could go on and actually make a great movie with with the Wolfman and Alligator Boy. It's like a good. superhero movie, man. That would be like a Joe Lansdale thing. You know? yeah. That'd be really good. And at this at this point, he was bitten by both a vampire and a werewolf. Yeah. So yeah. Alligator Boy is a new creature altogether. Thank you, so, Angelique. Alligator I, Boy I, was a new creature. I want to see what would happen to that. I'm like, he got bit by both. I saw that Scooby-Doo episode. Yeah, he's a werewolf that's vulnerable to sunlight and silver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was the Scooby-Doo movie that they made later on that uh, where they had werewolves and vampires fighting each other and biting each other. And they kept turning back and forth to one another. You know? I'm like, see, like I said, all yeah. three of these are Scooby-Doo plots. They are. But this one, yeah, I enjoyed this one the most because it actually had some interesting characters. It had a story that that moved, that had stuff happening that went along. You know, you had a point A and got to point B, uh, you know. And so, yeah, in that respect, I, I enjoyed this the best out of the three. Yeah, I, I don't want to sit. I think I still have residual grumpies <clears throat> from part five as we start to talk about this one, because I actually did like this one. Um, if you you want to break down some of the good stuff about it, I, I liked Bruce Payne as uh, the vamp slash carnival runner. I thought he, he did a good job. He was he handed up, but he did a, f- a fairly engaging job of his uh, what he had to do. Like what's others? He he looked real familiar. What's he been in? He reminded me of a knockoff Julian Sands. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. At Bad first, I thought that might have been Warlock, but uh, bad guy from Passenger Fifty Seven. There you go. Okay. It's like the guy that played Buffalo Bill and the guy played I'm Lucius pretty- Malfoy had a love child. <laughs> yeah. oh. I wondered who that was because he yeah. looked familiar from something. He, he was also the devil in Switch, if you remember that mm. Ellen Barkin movie, which I liked and no one else seemed to. I like that one, dude. I like mm-hmm. that movie a lot. Yeah, he was yeah. the devil. Nah. W- would you conjure my Patron? I'd conjure my Patron. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. It just got very erotic in here. <laughs> <We> got... <laughs> Goodbye, werewolves. Are I'm howling t- over you. <laughs> are we are we about to see an appearance of black mark? <laughs> <laughs> no, you got you got Cosby Mark. That was enough for the night. <laughs> Jesus fucking <laughs> I thought we already got that with the pudding pop reference. He was in Absolute Beginners and he was in uh, Solar Babies. I, I thought Bruce Payne did a, did a pre- particularly good job in this film. I thought the boom mic as the supporting actor did a really good job. <laughs> <laughs> it made many appearances and was always spot on. 
Uh, <laughs> I, one of my favorite, yeah, one of my favorite scenes in the film was where the werewolf guy takes a nap on the one day of the year that he turns into the were or one day of the month he turns into a werewolf and oversleeps and then wakes up and goes, "Oh crap!" and then turns into a werewolf. <laughs> I love that. I laughed so hard the first time because I this is the first time I've ever seen either any of these three. It was watching it for this show, and and when he was like, "Oh shit, I died." I was like, "No, you did. You you had a calendar. You were writing on five minutes ago. What is wrong?" Yeah, and he yeah. and he turns he had a nap. Well, never mind the fact that it appears that the moonlight triggers it. So what does he do? He goes to the window to look at the full moon that he knows is on the calendar. I mean, I thought maybe if it's diffused through the glass, maybe it won't have an effect. But no, I was I was I was giving him way too much credit. I'm like, way dude, too much. Just hide under the covers. You're fine. You were fine <laughs> until you went out to the window and went, oh crap, look, it's the full moon. Oh wait, I'm a werewolf. I shouldn't be doing ah oh, fuck it. I'm gonna turn now. So he turns into a werewolf and breaks out of his room, and then five minutes later he's walking down the city street, not a werewolf with just tattered clothes. <laughs> Well, and then you get the the vampire who can apparently just magically not just a vampire. We find out later, alligator boy too. Anyone who has the magic crystal can just manifest this werewolf at any time. Apparently, yeah, I'm like, the- what? <laughs> you know? And then he alludes to him killing the preacher girl, and I'm like, dude, you are so gullible. You've got the villain telling you that you killed someone. Well, <laughs> they ditched that plot, uh, that that plot through line within five minutes. Oh yeah, because then she I was gullible. Up. I'll admit it. I was like, did he really kill her? Because, I mean, she was all like, hey, you know, I'm about to take my robe off. And he's like, no, be innocent and blur. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. this, this werewolf guy, uh, he was something else. I mean, he's the only werewolf in recorded history that is kind to kitties. Yeah, Which ever- was the best part of the freaking movie. That was the best I part was of like, the movie. I was like, don't you? Yeah, well, no, it one of. Okay, I'm sorry, but animals, innocent animals, I have a thing. I'm like, you can kill children all day long, but don't you dare kill that kitty. Yep, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. If if anybody hurts a dog in a movie, I'm like, whoa! You son of a bitch! (laughs) Like American Psycho. I I, I turned the movie off when he stomped that dog, but, you know, this one I was like, oh, it's a werewolf with a heart. Mm. Emo wolf. Uh, (laughs) Seth, what did you think of Emo wolf? Uh, Emo Wolf was all right. He was just uh, hanging out in this Lifetime movie production about a deeply troubled drifter trying to find another troubled guy hanging out with a uh, eggplant vampire. <laughs> you know? Eggplant Dracula. Get it uh, right. <laughs> Dracula. Dracula. Holding on to Alligator Boy, and they just wanted to ride off into the sunset together. So. <laughs> how, is, uh, how is six isn't that bad, I guess, in comparison to four and five? <laughs> just so we get maximum yucks i just wanted to say one more scene that i really really liked in this movie it was right before um bruce payne decides to turn into eggplant dracula and uh he's talking to the the city cop this cop who right off the bat is a total fucking dick knob to uh the british guy who walks in for no apparent reason this town don't need no long-term visitors. Do I make myself clear? 
Yeah, but anyways, the cop is starting to figure out that Eggplant Dracula isn't what he, he appears to be. And he goes, Don't move, or I'll shoot your dick in the next county. Then I certainly won't move. Yes, yes, yes. Best line ever. I laughed at that. Yeah. I'm going to keep that dick. I remember that line. That was a great line. I loved it. I loved that cop, actually. I mean, he was a dick to the British guy in the beginning, but later on he warmed up after he fought, saw how quickly they could restore this very super huge church, which is two people, some nails and a board. It was better than any montage in Karate Kid. They just whip this church right up mark I'm remembers sorry. by the power of shitty country music that's true by the power <laughs> of shitty country music. yeah i i liked him later on again this goes back to angelique saying you know these are scooby-doo this is another murder mystery this is another because you got people starting to uh, go missing in the town and yeah. you've got the sheriff you know actually doing some cop work though he decides, oh, no, I suspect this guy. So what do I do? I'm going to go out without my cop shirt buttoned or anything. I'm just going to go out like I woke up and dive into a dumpster. And, oh, look, a dead body. You know, I mean, at least even though he was a prick at the beginning, I, I liked the cop guy. I, I actually did because he was sitting there and he was the only one thinking something was kind of fishy with the freak show, you know, with the circus, he was noticing people actually disappearing in that, you know, I mean, he was putting some stuff together, which in a film like this would be easily easy just to keep him the dumb cop, you know, and that part was being played by the mayor who was the dumb mayor. But I kind of dug the sheriff, uh, the, the sheriff in this. He was a decent character, even though his motivations were all over the place. Uh, throughout the movie but um on a whole i gotta say the last again the last 15 minutes of this movie is the highlight if you were to take all three of these movies in this episode that we watch four five and six and you were to make a supercut you just make the supercut of the last 15 minutes of each of these motherfuckers and those are the best parts of any of the movies and the final battle very anticlimactic but i didn't care because it was two rubber suited dudes just throw, you know, flailing about, and he grabs some railroad tie and shoves it in his throat. Little did you know, Drac- uh, eggplant Draculas, their heart are in their throat. So you just take <laughs> take his, a railroad. His spike. aim was off. His aim was off, but it was still yeah. iron, and traditionally, that is a weapon against Draculas. <laughs> Scott, you haven't really had your your piece on this one yet. Go for it. A lot of people have said it already. I liked this movie. I really did. I thought like this is of the six we've seen so far. This is the best one since the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that's really going out of much of a limb to say that. Is it a classic? No, but I liked you know some of the elements of the of the film. I was calling cliches early on in the film. And then I actually had those cliches come back on me and say, no, they're not going in that direction. That, which is kind of rare for me. Cause when you see as many horror films as we do, you can kind of like call them like a baseball game, you know? <laughs> um, and uh, you know, there, I mean, there's goofy bits. Like the guy doesn't quite recall this person. And I think you'd kind of recall if you met a werewolf, you know, and there's like the bit where, Bruce Payne's 
he gets found out by the father finally and he's approaching him and you think oh man he's gearing up he's gonna have the greatest line and his line was so fucking what and he threw him <laughs> was like, that's it that's your line <laughs> but you know but you got a lot of the- things to think about when you're a dracula <laughs> but look at this. I, mean, I liked the setting of it. I liked that they didn't just uh, make the character – that they started out making the characters as caricatures, and then some of these people were actually able to grow throughout the film. I liked you know, supporting cast, including Deep Roy and everything like that, Antonio Vargas. Um, I really liked the vampire design, uh, and I loved those bits. Like there's this great bit, I mean, where – there's the scene where the mayor, you know the mayor is going to get it because he's the most dickish character in the whole movie. Um, and uh, he start, and he starts to – he can find him out. No, it's not that – no, the, the, the vampire doesn't just raise from his coffin. The vampire doesn't just come from behind him. He bursts through the ground with all like the lumber and split wood coming up for it, throws him up on the roof of the RV through the roof and drags him down. Holy crap! That was great! I, there was a lot in this movie that I really enjoyed. I mean, I think that with more time and money and maybe if like they were allowed to like take a little more care with the movie, because I'm sure these things are polished off and turned around pretty quickly, as are a lot of exploitation films. Uh, I think that if they were able to take a little more time with it, they could have really come up with something really special. As it is, I think it's still a good movie. Yeah, compared to the last two, it it really is. And I think it would have been a great thing for the series going forward to have used this as a starting point. But instead, which you'll find out next episode, Clive Clive Turner comes back in a big way in Howling 7. So we'll leave that to the next episode. But here, let's go ahead, folks, and let's wrap up Howling 6 and give our final thoughts. Andrew, I'll start with you. Final thoughts on Howling 6. Uh, I mean, it's the best of these four, five, and six, but it's not. I don't like it. It's thumbs down. And, uh, but I, I should mention, though, that it is the, possibly the only Howling movie directed by a female, Hope Perello. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is now, um, I guess she's involved with the Space Arts Center in Pasadena, California. It's like a nonprofit arts education thing. And, and um, the website does not list uh, that she's the director of Howling Six. <laughs> Shocker. She she started out with uh, Charles Band uh, working for uh, Empire Pictures back in the day on a lot of their productions. So Angelique, would you give this a thumbs up? I have to. I mean, taking this face value of the three, this was entertaining. You know, it had a little tone of of Blood Freak, and it you know had the Dracula versus the Wolfman. So. I mean, you had you have to. I, I had to give this a thumbs up because I mean, there there was a lot of heart in this, and you can tell that despite Clive Turner's involvement, they nope, tried. He had no he had no involvement in this one. This is the I only. I thought he one. had writing credit. Nope, not on this one. I believe this is the only one of these three that he did not. He had everything to do with the next one. Well, that but makes I all the difference. <laughs> yep. It really does. Seth, thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, I thought the the makings of a good movie were there, but I, I was pretty bored throughout most of it. So uh, thumbs down, barely. Just uh, didn't all click together as entertaining as it, the pieces. The sum of the parts uh, was not greater than the parts. 
there was large sections of this film that were that there was nothing really going on in it. I can totally understand that stance. Uh, Glenn? A flaccid dwarf penis down. <laughs> That's been the whole podcast, just a flaccid dwarf penis down. I have come here to chew bubblegum and flaccid dwarf penis. <laughs> I mean, that's a good summary for the entire three movies. Oh, boy. Oh, I love you guys. <laughs> Scott <laughs> Davis. I like it. It's a, it's a, this is a solid thumbs up for me. I mean, I thought that, they, you know, you give the, give the movies, they don't all work, which we've seen. I mean, I think I've disliked more, far more than I've liked this series so far. But give them this thing that each time they do try to make a real movie. You know, sometimes it goes horribly off the rails, but they do try to make real movies here. And I th- I liked the setting. I liked what they did with the characters. I thought it was a, a not a cl- classic by any means, but a perfectly good, enjoyable exploitation uh, horror film. You know, nice little battle royale between budget werewolf and budget vampire. Yep. Between Wolfman and uh, Eggplant Dracula. Yeah, Wolfman, <laughs> Wolfman and Eggplant Dracula, which I'm now going to have to be like, I'm probably be conditioning myself to say it like that from now on because of this. That's my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's too bad. It's too bad you'll never get to say it again through the rest of the, the next episode. Oh, because I'll say no Wolfman movie. every time. Oh, please. <laughs> I, I want that to be the standard. But uh, oh, I'm, I don't want to ruin the next one. So I'm just going to keep it at that. Mark the movie man, thumbs up or thumbs down. You know, you ever had like root canal and then oh, you had a tooth pulled and then you had that cleaning from the dental hygienist who scrapes your gums until they bleed. Mm-hmm. This film out of these three films is the scrape your gums till you bleed. It's kind of uncomfortable, but at the end, you feel clean. It's enjoyable. Uh, and that's what this is. This, I mean, granted, like I said, the other two were very painful. So after watching those two, this is like a vacation because of <laughs> a lot of a positive things going on in it. I, I have to give it a thumbs up, not as a howling film, but as a film. Because this was the first one out of the last three that felt like a real film had an A to a B had some growth of characters had something happen. Um, yeah. So it, it, it's a film. I give it a thumbs up. I did enjoy it, but again, it's after getting sandpapered, you know, for the last two, this one was like the soft, you know, Charmin. Yeah. So, yeah. I love your description of it's a film. It, it, it is. <laughs> well, the other two, I mean, you know, they uh, were. They that were, describes it to a T right there. It's yeah. a film. It's, it's a film. <laughs> this is good. It's this a, is good because we can use this. Plus, we can like take like uh, Mark's quote, you know, from the uh, for Halloween Four. Things happen. And just <laughs> put that above happen. the title on the it box. Like, film. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the greatest thing <laughs> if, if the poll quote from now on for for Halloween Halloween Four. No, that wasn't Dorito parts. That that was part five. Um, <laughs> part five was Dorito. Four things happened. <laughs> if that's it. not your opener for the compilation episodes of all of the Halloween movies, nothing things else happen. will be. 
happen, and it's a film. So yeah, I gave it thumbs up. If only compared to the other two that we had to suffer through, it's one that I would, if I had to watch again, I would watch this one and not the other two. I will agree across the board with you guys. Um, I, I think this one of the three obviously is the most enjoyable of these three. Is it the most enjoyable of the series? I think each of these three films are far below the first three films. Even as good as six was, as um, Seth had said, there's a lot of stretches of nothing that happen interspersed with either hilarity or some kitschy fun. So I can't really say any of these were recommendable. I I think six was okay. It was was fun in a B-movie kind of way, Um, but I still, one through three are just so damn fun and so good i mean well it, i mean good is a relative term i suppose <laughs> but but i i i can't really say six is great but of these three yeah i'll give it a thumbs up it was it was some b-movie fun so um let's go ahead and take a short break and then when we come back we'll we'll set ourselves up for the last episode and talk about our experience with the howling so far and then shamelessly shill the fuck out of you we'll be right back do you like horror movies so do we fucks his little eyeballs yep. out because his tongue out. On out she yep. was great do you like american horror story so do we there were some butts yep killings yep butt yep killings butt yep killings if it's over 90 percent cheek that's your butt you see the essence of the butt are you into vampires dancing in mesh tank tops us too i was mesmerized by the mesh tank top and leather pants are you into high-minded film critique and discussion because we've got that and it is beautifully filmed like it really just the stark contrast of colors like you said not your thing how about a dick joke his dick dude he put his yeah. dick in a fucking pig come on we've also got one dude to give dude perspective zombie apocalypse is no time to have your head in the pussy clouds mickey this is survival <laughs> thank you so head over to itunes or stitcher wherever you listen and subscribe to the bloodlust your go-to podcast for a classy broads and a token dude talking horror One dark and stormy night in the mid-80s, Joe Bob Briggs, Harlan Ellison, and the ghost of El Santo pulled a train on Elvira while Siskel and Ebert sobbingly masturbated in the corner. From that union arose the greatest movie critic and luchador that ever lived. We're not going to talk about him. He's kind of a dick. Instead, we're going to talk about me, El Goro, the stuttering movie fan and host of the Talk Without Rhythm podcast. Every week on Talk Without Rhythm, I discuss two to three movies tangentially tied together by a theme. I cover action. And the most complete fighter in the world. Sci-fi. Open the pod bay doors, Hell. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Horror. Oh, no tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. And the continuing adventures of James Spader, sexual deviant. You're not worried that I'm going to fuck you, are you? I'm not interested in that, and I'm the least. Now pull up your skirt. So check me out at TWORpodcast.blogspot.com, drunkenzombie.com, or subscribe on iTunes. Talk Without Rhythm, the only podcast that will not attract the world. Adios. Welcome back, listeners of Astro Radio Z. And uh, so this one was a rough, was a rough one for the Astro Radio Zombies tonight. How are, let's give general thoughts. 
how's your experience been with the howling? Are we hating our lives? Are we anxious for the next one? Andrew? I'm not looking forward to it, honestly, man. I mean, uh, I think it was a big letdown from the first three watching the next three. Um, because as, as anyone that listened to that episode will know, I enjoyed those, man. I really did. In particular, three. It ended that first trilogy on a high note. Uh, three, to me, is the best. So for me so far, it goes three, two, one, six, four, five. Yeah. It's pretty. My list is pretty close there, except I would say one three two six four five glenn are you are you excited did you actually marathon these all in one sitting uh not this time but i have i've i've watched all seven in one after one one day once oh my god you are a fucking klingon warrior he's amazing (laughs) i'm a disappointment to my family (laughs) <laughs> but you are you are an honor to your ancestors. Today is a good day to die. Jesus Christ. I am I am man, I remember the first time I watched Howling Seven and uh just wow. So am I looking forward to it? No. And I mean I mean I love I love the first Howling movie. I like the second one. I, I enjoy the heck out of the third one. And I think I'm just going to watch videos of cats now because that's all I'm doing. <laughs> That'll cleanse your soul Let's see. Yeah, Folks, there we go. Now we know why Glenn has a broken toe because he watched all s- six of these in a row and then at the end said, fuck, and did something. <laughs> so, oh boy. Scott, I know we've had a, a role reversal year where now you have been hating life as i was last year with the vice academy episodes Um, are you anxious for this to be done no i wouldn't say i'm hating life i'm entering here's the thing is that am i looking forward from you know all like the little hinge you're dropping and even from like actual things i've heard from various people who have been on like the productions in like other videos and stuff the seven and eight doesn't don't sound that pleasant I've never seen them. Uh, I will say that I think I'm entering what I'd call like the witchcraft uh, portion of this uh, franchise thing, which is that we started the witchcraft movies. I'm like, oh, this is shit. Oh, this is shit. And then as it kind of went on, I'm like, it's shit, but I'm kind of feeling kind of pleasant and 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 nice towards it you know and and then i think by the end of it i'll wonder where so wait please don't take my shit away so <laughs> the um so i'm like at that kind of like little malaise it's kind of like that it's it's kind of like the feeling after you get i imagine after you get like a lobotomy where the the deep thoughts don't hurt anymore and you could just sit there and drool. <laughs> and that's kind of where I'm at right about now. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Seth, I know you have a deep knowledge of exploitation film. Have you seen Howling Moon, New Moon Rising? No, I've never seen uh, seven or eight. Oh, man, am I so excited for all you people. I am so excited for all you people. You, you don't realize what's about to happen to you. <laughs> so all I'm hearing right now is Buffalo Bill screaming down into the pit going, you don't know what pain is. <laughs> oh, my God. And you know what really excites me is that the fact that my brother Shane is finally going to come on the show and it 
was it's because Howling New Moon Rising is on the plate oh, that I finally got my brother to come on my show. Wow. So you better prepare yourself because let me tell you, my history of trolling goes back really far. When Howling New Moon Rising came out on VHS, I was so fucking blown away by it that I dubbed it to a VHS tape, unlabeled it. I didn't <laughs> label it, handed it to my brother and said, dude, you got to see this movie, handed it to him. And then he got back to me like, what the fuck? <laughs> I think I found that tape in the Goodwill in Bristol, Tennessee. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you, you're in for a special treat, folks. Mark, have you seen either of these two last ones? No, I haven't. Oh, man, I'm so happy. Because I'm so happy I, I get to give you guys this treat next episode. I'm so excited because you're so excited. Yeah, you don't even God. know how many. I've already watched it three times in anticipation. I've already watched it. Like, literally, when I knew Howling, uh, the Howling was series was on, for this year, I watched it once, and then as I was editing the first episode, I, w- I had it on on another monitor again. And <laughs> oh man! So how much are my neighbors going to hate me? You know, I think that I, from the sounds of things, I think that he's taking such delight in this. I think that just to get revenge after these movies are done, I'm going to start a Kickstarter for Vice Academy Seven. <laughs> I will donate to that faster than a. Dorito fart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, no, folks. Um, there's going. This is going to be an epic fucking episode. I'm How so excited. Epic episode. Yeah, I was so tempted to have it be its own episode, but uh, nope. We're going to have it be two because remember the last witchcraft episode only had two. That's true. So, which was amazing, by the way, gentlemen. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> I li- where I've got such a horrible commute because I'm I'm having to deal with Atlanta traffic and even turning out of the parking lot of my hotel onto the street in the morning when I have to go to work is so torturous. I've been listening to back episodes of Astro Radio Z and y'all are hilarious. A and B give me a whole new perspective on all these movies and especially the Vice Academy series. Yes. Yes. That was kind of cool that they got Dwayne though. That was kind of a coup, right? Oh my god! You don't even want to know how hard I had to work to get him on this episode. I don't want. I don't want to know. I don't want to know because it's all fabulous, and I love every minute of my commute because I download these podcasts and get to listen to them on my commute in, and I, I scare my my poor subordinates when I walk into the building unlocking the door and, and the podcast is screaming from my purse and they're like what are you what is that and I'm like you don't even need to know just get on the phone leave me alone <laughs> you, should, you, should, you should see if Dwayne wants to talk about the last two Howling movies <laughs> that was so great that would be so amazing yeah. yeah I'm still trying to get Clive Turner to come on so maybe um, we, that would we, be we great. Oh my god, I would love to pick his brain because one thing we didn't bring up as far as the howlings go is the death scene of Eggplant Dracula. Mm. I'm sorry, the sandblaster is amazing. That's some really cool effects. Oh, that was a great effect. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I'm really you'll 
anytime a vampire movie comes up, you will really get me going because I'm very traditional about my vampires, hence me calling them Draculas. Because there's one, he's the father, and everybody else is a relative of Dracula. And I'm from the <laughs> South, and we have a particular patois to our speech. Is <laughs> <laughs> a Dracula? <laughs> and those of you who follow me on Facebook know my Dracula rules, and you know how Dracula is spelled, and and you know it's <laughs> a whole thing about me oh, and Dracula. Wow. Do you do French fried Dracula? You put them under your lip. French I fried Dracula is, is a Dracula that has been doused in garlic oil and strapped to the church to the cross of the nearest Free Will Baptist Church. Oh man, I I, I now want to see a movie made where. It takes place like in Raccoon Falls, Tennessee. And Let me like, finish my novel, baby, and there will be movies all over. And, the place. And like, you know, like the people like uh, that are just getting out of the Waffle House, where you, where you almost fall off a cliff because everything's all mountainous. They're like, oh my God, the Waffle House is overrun with Draculas. <laughs> no, know? because Dracula, dr- uh, Waffle Houses throughout the South, Georgia and South Carolina and Tennessee Piedmont region are all Dracula proof. Oh, Dracula man. proof. <laughs> there is one right next to a very steep cliff though on Claremont. There uh, is. Claremont. Yes. And and that's where they just, you know, sweep the ashes off the edge. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, thank you for listening to the second of three howling episodes, folks. We're gonna come back with a vengeance in a month. You'll get to hear this epic this thing I I mean I've been dropping the hints left and right. Howling New Moon Rising fucking epic shit i cannot wait this is um no i gotta shut up i gotta keep it in i can't no more hints no more drops don't give it away don't give it I'm away give it away um so come on back you'll hear some more until then next week uh i'm not too sure exactly what episode i'm gonna have uh, there's a couple on the burner so just go ahead stay tuned on the twitter page at astro radio z get a hold of me there and i'll let you know i've been it's been very active i want to thank all the new followers that have come on and uh that constantly every single day let me know about the show talk about hijinks it's been really fun um thank you to everybody that's been actually getting back to me and uh, listening to the show. So if you're interested in Astro Radio Z, you can contact me at Astro Radio Z podcast at gmail.com. You can find all the back episodes at Astro Radio Z.com. As I just said, you can get a hold of me on Twitter, on the Facebook, and uh, give a subscribe. We're on YouTube, we're on iTunes, we're anywhere you can find podcasts. You can find this, and you can also listen to our brand new show that me and Corey J. Hudler did, the Stillborn Goat 666 Heavy Metal Podcast, where we talk about... <laughs> Isn't that the greatest fucking title of a podcast you ever heard? That, I'm sorry, you and Corey J. together are just solid gold regardless. Oh, Jesus Christ. We It's pure hijinks. We've been talking about bringing a KISS podcast on the network forever, but we couldn't do it. And all we do is talk about heavy metal. When you guys don't don't hear me, I'm on fucking the chats or on text talking about shitty metal bands with fucking Corey J. <laughs> all day, all night. So we decided, ah, let's do a podcast. And here we go. Rock and roll. So we're doing Stillborn Goat 666 Heavy Metal Podcast. Tune in on the Astro Radio Z Network. And there are talks about film jerks coming back. So, hey, there's some good things happening here. Stay tuned. Subscribe. Give us a review on iTunes. 
blah, blah, blah. I've gone on far too much. Glenn Bittner, tell the fine listeners where they can find you. On the internet, bitch. <laughs> All right, Andrew Shearer, where could the fine folks find your wares? At your mom's house, bitch. <laughs> Seth Paulin, where can the fine people that listen to my show find you? At Andrew's mom's house, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Davis, where can they find you? At your grandmama's house, bitch. Mark the movie man. What about you, Bat Mark? You can find me at the pudding shack. No, man. You can find find Mark the Movie Man at Um, DoritoFart.com. Angelique, last but not least, where can the fine listeners find you? At my mama's house. Boy, that just got weird. Big mama's mama's Y'all are all welcome. (laughs) So, from all of us, all of us wolfmen to all of you eggplant Draculas, say goodbye, people. Goodbye, people. Goodbye, people. Why are we howling? There's no wolves. (laughs) We want the wolves in it, okay? That's right. Good night, folks.
Give me some jello pudding. <laughs> Jesus. How many more is there? Just one movie? Two. There's two? There's two more. All right, so what's eight called? Reborn. It was okay, the Twilight so remake. Up. Yeah, I've watched these like four times each. We, what? Yeah. Well, it's like because four and five were so boring and awful, I kept falling asleep. And <laughs> where I'm here in this hotel, I'll just, you know, I've got them on my, my external drive. So I'll just put them on on my Blu-ray player and let them play on repeat and torture my neighbors. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> Oh, as much as the movie as you did. Oh, dude, we went when we went to the witch last night. Uh, Amanda decided to get some nachos with jalapenos on them. Oh yeah! Hell yeah! Yeah. Too bad I was shitting my brains out half the day today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but it what? was worth it though because those nachos are tasty. No, tasty. they're tasty. But once I hit thirty-five, my stomach just turned into a complete wuss. I yeah. mean, I have my gallbladder removed, and spicy food is really a no-no, but Popeye's chicken and some hot sauce is going to happen, regardless of the outcome. Hell so yeah. you pay all that money for for the um, <laughs> for the nachos, the movie theater nachos. What a kick in the ass. Well, <laughs> this, this movie theater actually has, the nachos were actually decent. They weren't the cheapo ones, because um, the they the actually have to cheese. Yeah, it it wasn't the bad stuff, but it's still like today. It's like, oh man, I should have I shouldn't have had them jalapenos. <laughs> lucky, Make it lucky, a race. lucky you, Astro Radio Z listener, you get to <laughs> <laughs> all about our. You get to hear about about, about our, wonderful, our wonderful host shit fits. My my <laughs> bowel movements are entertainment, man. <laughs> there are three rules to spicy food. Mm. The first rule is it must it must taste good. Yes. 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 And it cannot fail that rule. Absolutely of not. The other two, it must pass at least one of them. <laughs> it must feel okay inside you, <laughs> and it must feel okay leaving you. <laughs> if it fails one of those two, that's okay. It's not great, but it's okay. If it fails both, doesn't matter how good it is, okay, it's not worth it. Oh, see, the, it this, feels a little, feel the burn coming out. The guy that does uh, quality control some homemade hot sauce today. And I made some peanut satay on my lunch break with his hot sauce, and it was amazing. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow morning, but it's past two of the rules so far. <laughs> Remember, whoever's watching us tonight, no matter how bad your colon sets fire due to that extra spicy hot food, that's still more enjoyable than the howling four or five. Oh, God. Right, Cheers man. to that. I had yep. some Thai food in New York like three years ago. And, and it tasted great going in, but in my stomach, it was like George Animal Steel tearing apart a turnbuckle for about seven hours. <laughs> and, and it felt like, I mean, my ass was the bikini atoll. Afterwards. I'm like, I can never, I can never eat that again, ever. It tasted great, but holy crap. I was miserable for like 17 hours. My ass was so fucking fuckered and sore. Let me tell you, you guys have just guaranteed that this is going to make the episode. I will. I don't give a fuck. This is awesome. 
I always like the outtakes at the end. <laughs>